to the Strangeology Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Foran, and this is your place to explore the world of weird, from cryptids and creatures to UFOs, aliens, the paranormal, forbidden knowledge, conspiracies, and more. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. Coming up on today's episode is kicking off the spooky season with a chat with the author M.R. Gorga, all about demons and evil entities that are potentially manipulating humanity and the world at large for nefarious purposes. Before we get started, if you want to help support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash strangeology and join the growing members community I'm building over there. And of course, shout out to all the members. Your support means the world to me. And without you, I don't know what I'd be doing. Becoming a member means that you have access to some awesome perks depending on the tier, but I think that most folks who sign up love the early access to episodes and being able to listen to my exclusive episode extension, Strangeology Beyond, which are sometimes entire episodes by themselves. And of course, there's also discounts to my merch shop, exclusive merch, VIP discord access, and more. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash strangeology. Now, when this episode releases, I'm actually going to be on vacation at the beach. So if anything wild in the world happens before then, I guess I'll have to cover it in the next episode. And this is actually kind of my first time doing a uh, uh, pre-recorded thing like well in advance. I'm usually always kind of, uh, uh, you know, flying by the seat of my pants with (laughs) getting things out on time anyway. So it's kind of cool to, to get some stuff done early. Um, I did want to give a big shout out to the Sasquatch Culling Festival, which happened in Whitehall, New York this past Saturday, September 24th, as I'm recording this, Uh, I'll definitely be going back next year for sure. The whole event was just wild and I wasn't expecting it to be as big and as busy as it was Uh, before the event even started like people were already pouring into the park where it was at like maybe even 30 to 45 minutes before the official start time Uh, I, I got there and I actually brought my family along for the first time to one of these, uh, one of these things. So I was, you know, definitely, uh, it was cool for them to see like how it all worked and, and, and everything like that. And to have it be such a a successful day, um, was really cool. There were tons of, uh, vendors and I really only had one or two chances to, uh, walk around. I did one quick loop, And, uh, then, uh, you know, other time, like going out to go get like food or something, but, uh, I got to say hello and meet, uh, Mike Ann from where's my sage podcast, uh, Eli Watson, who you may know from his work with small town monsters came up to, uh, 
my booth and I, you know, wasn't expecting to see him. So it was cool to, to meet him in person. Uh, Emily Fleur from the forest Fleur, who does a lot of Bigfoot research. And also I wanted to give a big shout out to Tim Banal from coast to coast AM who was at the event that day. He came up to my booth and we chatted for a bit. Uh, he did a little like Facebook live thing, which is really, uh, kind of cool. And, and, uh, showed some of my, my merch. Uh, he, if you don't know, he does all the blog writing on Coast to Coast AM's website. So that was a, a pretty awesome moment. Pretty cool connection. Um, yeah, it was kind of just like, whoa, all right. <laughs> um, and then like I ran out, uh, ran out of business cards like halfway through the day. I usually bring like a pretty like hefty stack and like people were just grabbing them left and right. So if you grabbed a card this past weekend as I'm, you know, recording this and you're now listening to the show, uh, welcome aboard and thanks for your support and checking out the show. And uh, just before we get started, um, one more funny final thing was, you know, after the event was over, got everything packed back up in the car and we're heading home and uh, we stop at a, a restaurant on the way home. And uh, just before we're done eating, uh, Tim from coast to coast peeks his head around the booth and he's like, Hey, are you following me? And like, no idea that he was <laughs> at the same, the same restaurant. So that was really, really a, a funny, funny thing uh, there. So yeah, uh, definitely going to be doing this event next year. And the final event that I will be vending at this year is, of course, uh, Cryptid Con in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, between November 19th and 20th. Uh, that's going to be a huge event, lots of speakers, lots of vendors, and uh, look definitely looking forward to it. Last year was a, a real fun time, so definitely hope to see some of y'all out there. Anyway, why don't we get into the interview portion of the show? M.R. Gorga is a best-selling Amazon author and paranormal researcher who has a harrowing warning for mankind about forces at work out there who don't have the best of intentions for us. So, let's get into it. The opinions and views expressed and stated by guests are their own, and their appearance on the show does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent, or reflect the views, positions, or official policy of the Strangeology Podcast. Thank you, and enjoy the show. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. Today's guest is really going to ring in the spooky season this year. I've got Mr. Gorga with me today. He's a researcher of the paranormal and the author of the book Demons Among Us. So, hey, Mr. thanks so much for hanging out today. Um, can you tell my audience a little bit more about what you do and what your background is? How did you get into the paranormal? Well, I mean, so my background as a writer, I've been writing since a little kid. Uh, and so, uh, one of the stories I like to tell is I start, I started, I like to say I started in fourth grade. And <laughs> so, uh, my teacher at the fourth grade teacher, he gave me a, gave a class of writing assignment. And, uh, I started, uh, I wrote some creepy story about some mummy on a murder spree, which was content 
for someone that age, just should not be thinking about that kind of stuff. <laughs> sure. and, so, <laughs> and, so, and so he calls my, uh, so I handed in, I'm kind of nervous, you know, cause of the subject matter. And, uh, so lo and behold, he calls my parents that night and I was like, Oh no, I'm, so, I'm in so much trouble right now for the story. <laughs> and so, but it was quite his, his reaction was quite the opposite. He was like, you told my parents, you know, your son has a, uh, Michael, your son has a real gift for, for writing. You need to get him in, enrolled in the uh, young author society immediately. And there so, you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, so it was, uh, writing has um, uh, always been there since a very early age. And I, I think the paranormal thing kind of fed in uh, because I, I kind of grew up in a time of uh, Amityville horror had come out and son of sam was running around you know new york yeah. shooting people up and so it's like this real weird eeriness that kind of crept over new york and new jersey and right and I, yeah and it was just a, a i mean that's when people started really locking their doors i think and uh and so i think it just kind of like had this really strange of effect on me and why my parents had allowed me to watch the amityville horror at seven or eight years old is, is uh remains a, a mystery but um i did and it just kind of had some kind of effect where i just kind of you know was very intrigued by it so it sort of uh sparked my interest in the paranormal and so i've been writing ever since Wow. That's uh, definitely really interesting. That's so would you consider that kind of like um, that's kind of like your, your jumping point, your catalyst for, for getting into this, this kind of stuff. Um, now, as, as far as, as your book demons among us, this is a, a, a book that has a lot of stuff in it. Uh, can you, can you speak to like where you got the idea um, to, to write this, this book. Yeah, the book is definitely, it has a ton of stuff in it uh, and it covers a wide swath or a wide spectrum of the paranormal. Um, so really what Demons Among Us does is it, it rips the veil of the paranormal to show what's really happening behind the scenes um, and how these dark forces and demonic entities really function in the world around us and how you may be influenced by them without even knowing it, um, you know, because we can't see the unseen world. Uh, so we don't understand fully what's what's happening behind there. Demons Among Us actually helps um, shed the light on these things so we can uh, so, you know, what to look out for. <laughs> and um, but it also covers uh, personal stories of my my own. Uh, as well as the first fully documented eyewitness account of demonic possession in, a, in American history. Uh, and that was uh, two decades before the Salem witch trials. Wow. Uh, so there was a, a real historic deep dive there. And I really researched 350 years. I f physically touched the actual parchments that I was researching yellow flowing, you know, yellow brittle, parchment with black yeah. flowing script that literally was able to touch and feel documents from the 1600s uh, in order to really bring this story to life. Uh, and uh, 
Oh, what was the, what was the other question there? Oh gosh. (laughs) Um, I guess just, you know, like your, your inspiration, uh, for, for writing this, this book, you know, and you're mentioning, you know, kind of having a, uh, a play, a playbook of like what to, to watch out for with this kind of phenomenon. Um, yeah. As, as far as your, your research goes, um, you know, it's, it's really, uh, important, I think, to to get on the ground and go to sources and locations to really um, did, get to yeah, the yeah. get to the bottom of things like that. Yeah, um, is yeah. now with uh, other elements in the, in the book, do, were there other um, cases where you did real deep dives on on research like that? Everything is very very meticulously researched. Uh, all the stories that are in there, um, and we can get to this stuff later. Stuff, uh, you know, people who've killed their families on medications, and you know, meticulously researched stuff. But the, to get to your question, what sparked this whole thing was, I was um, uh, there was a time I was being assaulted nightly by these demonic entities. Uh, and so I would wake up out of a dead sleep being choked by invisible steely hands gripped around my neck and, you know, taking my breath away. So you, you can't crawl, you can't cry out and you definitely can't pry these hands off. Um, and so you just kind of wake up like, (gasps) and, um, and so there, there were those kinds of episodes. There was, um, uh, evil whisperings and some sort of, uh, unintelligible, uh, language, some kind of demonic language, like they were speaking something into my, my being. And I don't know what it was, but I imagine it was nothing good. And, uh, (laughs) it kind of sounds like buzzing bees in a sense, but it's it's garbly and, but but that's a whole other story, but, um, yeah. And then there's, you know, the, the chest suppressions, you know, kind of pushing you into the bed and, um, uh, the bitings and, and scratchings and, and, and other minor incidences. So it was, it was about like a, a week's probably like a week long of these demonic assaults. And, um, it really made me, made me mad. And so, cause you know, I know that these, these demonic forces, they don't, they operate in utter darkness and secrecy, uh, the last thing they do is want the light shed on them and their tactics exposed. So I said, all right, you're going to, you're going to hit me. I'm going to, I'm hitting back. And that's why I wrote demons among us. Yeah. And it's the number one bestseller on Amazon. Wow. That's well, congratulations. Yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, you. that's, that's big. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Now, so you mentioned it was kind of like a week. Have you had any other, um, encounters or attempts by these forces to, you know, kind of, uh, weasel their way back into your life since you've written the book, or is it kind of like an ongoing, um, battle if you will? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an ongoing battle. I mean, you'll have like, I'll have like minor incidences where, you know, uh, something will just sort of like wake me up out of my, out of a dead sleep or something yells or something grabs like your leg or, you know, so it's always some kind of weird, (laughs) weird thing to pull me out, pull you out of sleep. Um, And some of the big in in demons among us, I cover some of the, you know, the, the big incidences like the, that really kind of bring like the, 
you know, the wow or the, the, the holy shit factor, uh, to sure. all this, you know, um, excuse my French, no worries, but, uh, <laughs> <You're good. laughs> but you know, so it's the, it's the, the horror factors, the, the big moments I are the ones I put in my book, but one of the things that had happened to me afterwards, you know, recently, um, very, very, very strange and creepy event was that uh, last year my father had passed away and I was cleaning out his closet and um, and he had, you know, some old clothes in there and stuff. So I was cleaning out some old clothes and there was like a an old faded green sweater and um, there was a Miami Hurricanes uh, t-shirt that I found. Um, and so uh, I went to bed that night and then uh, I sent something like in the room and I, as I was going to bed and I look up and my father's standing there wearing this green faded uh, sweater and he's holding the Miami hurricanes um, shirt, but it was, yeah. it was folded up in his, in his hand. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, I, it is my father. Yeah. To an absolute T. Right. And my, just to give you a visual, my dad looked a lot like Danny DeVito. Okay. And so he was a short Italian guy. Yeah. And you know, he looked very, very much like uh, uh, uh you know, like Danny DeVito's brother, right? <laughs> there you go. And it's just to give you a visual. So he's standing there, he's holding the holding the shirt and he's wearing this faded green thing. And I know immediately that it's not my father hmm. because he would never have been wearing that shirt, that sweater. Oh man, having been that old and worn, right? Yeah. So I know something is up. And not only that, you can feel like the, the creepiness, the, the, the unnerving sensation coming off of him. Yeah. So he comes in my room he's in these, and um, I'm just looking. I don't say nothing. And I'm just looking like suspiciously. And um, so he, he comes and he walks in and he, and he comes in to try to give me this awkward hug while I'm laying down. And so he comes in and he gives me this awkward, this awkward hug and he pulls his face back and the, and when he pulls his face back. The sides of his face are melting off like with um, like, like ash and, you know, cinder. Yeah. Burning off at the sides. So, and in the middle was the skull Yeah, and it had two gleaming yellow eyes, like li little yellow globes just beaming like into me and the wow. skull itself was yeah the skull itself was very very interesting because it wasn't like a white skull or whatever but it was it was like the the semblance of a skull but black and looking into its face was like looking into space like there was no end to it weird. it was really weird huh. and it was and it was just like beaming into my my face like trying to trying to scare me yeah and um, terrify me. And um, and it, it, it was terrifying. Don't get me wrong. But like I've been through like a lot of this stuff and I knew from the outset <laughs> that that really wasn't my father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, So basically it was like a, a demonic entity impersonating my father that was trying to, you know, uh, horrify me. And, and that was that was actually pretty scary. But I, I, again, I knew from the outset that something wasn't something. It wasn't something wasn't right. Yeah. And, now, uh, can I interject for a second? 
Um, sure. Now, now, did this entity look like as real as you or I standing in the room, or was there any kind of like yes. um, something something uncanny valley about it? Um, maybe like a little bit of like translucence, or there's just something like off before it kind of revealed the skull be- behind its mask using your father's image. Right. No, it was precise. I mean, Interesting. It, it was. Yeah, yeah. Because these these forces, they have these um, these they're spirit beings. They're you know, um, so these forces they can transform into any um, image or person or uh, dead or alive that they that they want to. Um, and you know, they've been around a long, long time um, uh, since they've been here since you know day one. So they know how my father walks. They know how my father talks. They know what my father, um, uh, how, you know, what he sounds like. They knows what he, you know, his, his scent and, and just, you know, the influxes in his voice. So they know all this stuff so they can mimic it perfectly. Yeah. And didn't, there was, didn't, they, <laughs> yeah. It didn't get the sweater right though. Right. <laughs> it, that, that's the funny thing. Yeah. That was the really funny thing was like, what, well, why did you wear that sweater? If you would have wore some sort of LL bean shirt like with plaid <laughs> on it, then it would have been more convincing. But once I saw like the, you know, the faded collar and the old, you know, the old sweater, I'm like, he wouldn't have been caught dead in that. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, no. Were you, was there something you just wanted to continue or, um, I guess a question I had was, do these things, are they locked into certain locations or do they follow you around? And I guess that's kind of already answered with, unless this was an entity that was at your father's place, um, do you think it's connected in any way with what you experience in your own home or... No. So yeah, that's a, that's a layered answer. Okay. So, um, (laughs) well, well, let me just explain like what, how the the, the demonic works in a sense, they're called principalities or powers. Right. And so they have reign where they have dominion over specific locations of a city, uh, of a nation. Uh, So you'll, you'll have different principalities over different places um, of the country or a nation. So they, you know, they, they are, um, you know, they, they are like, you know, spread out or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so, but this one is spread out over different locations. Uh, but, and, but this one wasn't anything that like lived in the home or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's just, um, uh, an appearance or a manifestation, um, at whatever, for whatever reason, <laughs> um, at that time, it's not like this entity lives in my home and it, you know, you know, I, you know, I have to deal with it on a daily basis, gotcha. but it, you, they kind of just come at whim mm-hmm. that I, I, the way I see it. I mean, I'm sure they have some reason behind their doings, but, um, but from the way I see it, it's just, they just kind of come out of the clear blue. Yeah. Oh, that's, you know, a little disconcerting, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know what's going to happen on any given night, you know, like, you know, go, okay, what's, what's going to happen tonight, you know? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Wow. Um, so one thing I've been wondering is, so you mentioned that the um, the first recorded 
case of a possession in America was pre Salem witch trial by a couple of decades. Were there any like uh, oral histories, oral traditions that you ran across for your book that date even further back? Like um, I'm thinking ancient Rome, ancient Egypt, dark ages type of stuff. Yeah. Well, um, just to focus on America real quick, when, uh, you know, yeah. when we, when, when we first came over from England, um, we were, what we were doing was we were escaping religious persecution. Uh, and William Bradford, uh, when he was, uh, the governor, uh, or first governor, um, <clears throat> he had, uh, wrote about a girl, uh, Alice or Alcy Young. Um, and, but it was very brief. It's like, yeah, they, we hung Alcy Young for witchcraft. And, and basically, but that's all you get. Yeah. So you don't get, you don't get any, any backstory, anything about who this girl was or what she was doing or anything. It was just basically a blip on the radar. So there, they, they have, we have been dealing with um, witchcraft in various forms um, ever since, you know, ever since we arrived here uh, again from, from religion, it was like 16 uh, 20 well we came 16 22 or so and so it was like it was very early on uh, i don't know the precise date sure um but yeah so we've been dealing with uh witchcraft for you know in in that regard and and demonic forces and things for a very very long time uh as a nation and the reason why i say um that this was the first fully documented uh, account of demonic possession in American history is because um, this was the first account that was written in a in a in a journal blow by blow. So what was happening was at this point um, is the stories between the town minister and his and his maid servant or his maid who was 16 years old, and she started exhibiting some really strange signs that that made this minister kind of raise some eyebrows. Uh, so, and he, so he took to his journal and date by date, just journaling what was happening to this, to this girl. So we really get a, a readout of the escalation of what this girl was, was dealing with and the demonic assaults that she was, she was undergoing. Um, and he wrote about them blow by blow. And, and, you know, and the story itself has just kind of been kind of glossed over or passed over historically. Yeah. And I thought it was important to have in the book um, because it was just so utterly horrifying <laughs> that it, the story needed to be told and told in the right manner because I had to surround the actual culture around the story. So we understood the mindset, we understood the, the culture, and we understood the social norms of the period that all fed into these, these, um, really satanic encounters and assaults that happened to this young girl. Yeah. Um, but to go back to Europe, Europe has always been uh, dealing with uh, uh, witchcraft. There's a story about, um, you know, uh, was Pendle witches, which were in England. Uh, and that, that was a story that uh, they all started kind of snitching on each other. And all of a sudden that they're, uh, it, it all started when um, the daughter was, was out in the woods and she saw a, uh, 
um, some man like walking. So she was, and they were very poor. And so she asked him for um, either a pins or some money or forget what it was. And he said, no. So she, she cursed the man. And then as he was walking, he fell down what appeared to be like a, like a stroke. He was like half paralyzed and he ended up, yeah. And ended up huh. freaking out. So, so this incident sparked off this entire case and they get it investigated. Uh, the family names, another family, uh, the Chaddock's family. And all of a sudden people are getting arrested and they're getting put into the castle, you know, um, uh, forget uh, the name but anyway so the um so they're they're put in like the the witch's tower uh at the castle and they're awaiting trial and so this this whole family and the neighbors are eventually like all executed except for one oh, so wow. this kind of yeah so this kind of stuff has been going on for for a long time yeah right yeah yeah there was uh, a long period of time in in europe european history yeah. of witch hunts and and that kind of stuff yeah. And even yeah. like werewolf hunts and stuff like that too. Uh, that was something I sure. found out about recently, which is yeah, an interesting yeah. piece of history. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of crazy stuff like that. But I haven't researched back to like um, in regards to like demonology. I mean, it's 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 ancient, so you know, yeah, excuse me, it's it's biblical and it's an- and it's ancient. We will we'll probably start touching on some of those things. Uh, it stretches further back than um, than Rome. It stretches back to uh, stretches back to day one and stretches back to uh, ancient Israel. It stretches back to, you know, far back before Roman civilization. Well, no, Roman era at the same time, uh, some there, but, but it does stretch very, very far back. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if, if um, these entities are, have been around since day one, of course they'd, you know, be present um, since before recorded history, probably. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. now what, um, what do you, what's your opinion on what these entities are? Are they just something that's innate in the universe or is there a more, uh, good versus evil type of, uh, of thing yeah. being waged here? Yeah, it's definitely a, a good versus evil. Um, they're these what demons are are actually um, fallen, uh, rebellious angels um, fell from heaven, and uh, because they were cast out uh, from heaven in a rebellion that they tried to wage um, uh, against God uh, and uh, to basically to over Satan or Lucifer uh, at the time, he wanted to seat himself as God as the, on the throne of God. Um, and the reason why he thought he could do this is because he was, um, he became so prideful and, and arrogant in his position and his, um, in his role and his function in his beauty. Uh, and we'll talk about what, what he really looks like, uh, as we go, but, uh, yeah. but he exalted himself, uh, and, and so influential and cunning and manipulative, um, he knows how to weave an argument and cast doubt. But anyway, and it would, I say that because he was so influential, he was able to draw a, th- um, a third of the angels to his cause in his rebellion. Wow. That many, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's countless. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's absolutely countless. Yeah. And so, um, so what, what had happened was um, ultimately he gets cast out of heaven. He's cast in cast to the earth. 
into the cosmos, into the earth. And you know, just to dispel a myth, people think that he was cast into hell. He wasn't cast into hell. He was cast to the earth. He was cast to the earth with all of his powers, all of his intellect, all of his cunning, all of his authority. The only thing that he had lost was his home. Yeah. And so he still has all of his supernatural powers. And these forces still have uh, all of their supernatural intellect and all of their supernatural powers. Um, and so they um, they are called and biblically they're called um, rulers and principalities uh, of the air. And and this is their dominion. This is their home. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they are. Huh. Uh, and yeah. Now you mentioned they weren't cast into hell is, is, um, right. does that infer that hell isn't, isn't a real place or, or is it that, um, you know, lost souls or damned souls go? Well, it's is a really, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a very real place. And hell was a, a place created by God for rebellious spirits. Now, um, to dispel a myth, like so Satan is not the king of hell and he's not ruling souls and and things of that nature. He's not king amongst the fire. Uh, what hell is is actually his prison sentence. Huh. So and and that's reserved for a specific time uh, for a, another the another judgment. Uh, but that has not come yet. And so, but he fears that that's, he knows that that's coming and they fear that the demons fear that. Um, so, but that's for a later time uh, for another judgment. Um, and, but hell was created for rebellious spirits, um, human and inhuman. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, now your book gets into possession, of course. Um, how do you distinguish between um you know someone getting possessed by a demon versus someone who's having like a medical issue or a mental illness um yeah uh okay so first of all i'm not a doctor so i <laughs> but i do want to say um that there are there are issues there are mental issues and there are uh disorders but at the same time I think there are disorders that people don't under or doctors don't understand. It's beyond them. Hmm. I think there are people who are suffering in a spiritual sense. And what we're trying to do is kind of put a, a natural remedy or a medication or a, um, we're, we're trying to put this Band-Aid on something that we don't truly understand because it's supernatural and it's spiritual in nature. So we're trying to to remedy, uh, give natural remedies to a supernatural ailment. And these people are never going to get, uh, get set free, yeah. uh, because, because they don't understand. So I, I think there are some people, um, you know, that, that do have, you know, mental uh, disorders and things of that nature, not taking anything away, but I do believe that it is time to start taking this spiritual side of this, um, this thing a little bit more seriously than we have in our past. And just instead of just slapping crazy and schizophrenia or whatever on them and start looking at this uh, a little more seriously than we have in the past. And then we'll be able to set some of these people free. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah. Um, no, that's definitely, you know, definitely important to, you know, figure out some, some kind of, distinction and uh yeah. cer certainly there's people affl afflicted by you know things that 
modern science and medicine can't explain. And, you know, I've, I've experienced, experienced, uh, uh, you know, medical issues myself throughout my life that, you know, doctors can't explain, uh, until it's like you, you finally go through the, uh, the whole, uh, (laughs) the gauntlet of different specialists and stuff. And then they finally figure out what's going on, thankfully. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, gosh, where was I going with that? Um, what's, um, what are some of the, the common signs that someone is, is being possessed by, uh, an entity? Well, um, possession is actually the extreme form of the demonic. And what, what possession actually means is that this demon spirit or spirits, there could be you know, multiple entities um, within one person. Um, and what that, that, what that means is that they um, invade this, the person bodily. Uh, so that's the extreme form. And there's other, there's other forms where it's, you know, there's, there's, there's influence, there's harassment, there's oppression, and then there's, uh, and then there's possession. So the, uh, so a person has to go through this process before a, a, a demonic entity can fully invade their body. Yeah. Um, and in one instance, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll put it like this. So this, the paranormal was like this layer cake. So I'm going to, I have to, I have to explain <laughs> yeah. stuff before I explain stuff. Okay. <laughs> yep. So, okay. So when we talk about demonic spirits and we talk about demonic entities, what comes to mind are, are hairy creatures and monsters with horns and gravelly voices and things of that nature. And that's not the case. These are beautiful angels that were fallen from their home. And so, and they can appear in whatever form they want. I don't believe they're, they're grotesque manifestation. They're grotesque creatures. I believe they're very beautiful creatures pretending that they want to show up in these ugly forms to freak people out. Okay. I see. So, so, and, and so there's so many of these things, um, and they all have names like we got, you have a name, I have a name and everybody listening has a name and they all have names as well, but we can best recognize them uh, by their foot, by their function or what they do. Uh, and you've heard of like the seven deadly sins, right? Like lust and greed and, you know, avarice and, you know, sloth, sloth right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so, so we can recognize these entities by, by how they affect and how they influence. And, and they're known as spirits of various things, meaning spirits of, uh, of lust, spirits of greed, spirits of depression, spirits of suicide, spirits of fear. Um, and so these types of things are, are actually, um, you know, demonic forces so when you're struggling with like life control and depression, you may be under the influence of a spirit of depression and they work in tandem. So you'll have, you know, spirit of depression with a spirit of suicide. And the goal is to, to, to kill you basically, or to have you kill yourself. Yeah. Um, and so I said all that to say is that, um, 
one of the examples I like to to do to to say is because I don't have a better example than um, than Judas in the Bible. And so we all we know who Judas is, right? Judas was Judas was the man uh, who betrayed Jesus. Right. right. He was one of yeah. one of his one of his 12 disciples. Well, Judas had a greed issue. And so Judas's role in Jesus's ministry was he was in charge of the money box or the treasury. Right. Mm. And so every now and again, you know, Judas would take from the money box and steal and pocket some coin. Right. Yep. <laughs> and so and so. um and so he had this spirit of greed operating the the whole time, right? The three and a half or three years that he walked with with Jesus, right? Yeah. And so at the Last Supper, um, when before Jesus was betrayed, he was sold out for uh, Jesus was sold out for thirty pieces of silver um, because they finally got to they got to Judas because of his greed issue. So they offer him 30 pieces of silver to sell out this miracle worker working mm-hmm. with undescribable power that's never been seen before. And, and so they have him, he agrees to sell him out, betray him for 30 pieces of silver, which would have been uh, the equivalent of $300 in today's money. Not a lot of money to sell out the man who said, I've come from heaven and uh, I... <laughs> Yeah. I am father or one, not the guy you want to sell out. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and so, um, and so at the last supper, he says to him, Jesus says to Judas he says, what you're doing, what you're, what you're going to do or what you do, do quickly. And then the Bible says, then Satan entered him. So here we have this spirit of greed or this functioning in this, this greed the whole time. And then at that opportune, at that right time, it said Satan entered him. Uh-huh. So he was operating or functioning in this, you know, uh, under this influence for so long. And then there was a point where it just, boom, it just entered him. Gotcha. And so, and that's how it is with, and so it is with us. So it's like we're, you know, we operate under, you know, uh, uh, spirits of lust or spirits of greed or spirits of uh, pharmacoi, uh, which where we get our term pharmaceutical or pharmacy. And that word in the Greek means sorceries. Huh. Uh, and <laughs> we can. Yeah. And so in, in, in the book, I make this connection between ancient mister, ancient mysticism and today's pharmaceuticals. And I start to explain why people say they're hearing voices. They're hearing voices um, is because they're opening so opening themselves up um, through these sorceries or pharmacoi or pharmaceuticals, and people are um, are hearing voices because they're open. These 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 types of opioids are opening people up to this spiritual dimension and being info, you know infiltrated um, into where they're actually hearing voices. Interesting. And, yeah. So I, you know, like I said, like I cover a wide swath <laughs> Yeah. and, but anyway, but anyway, so it, it, the longer we operate in a, in a certain behavior under the influence of a spirit, you know, whatever spirit at some point we get, we get infested by it. Yeah. So it, is, it is a process to become possessed by it. Interesting. Yeah. Now, um, 
It reminds me, I, I recently learned about this term called looshing, which is kind of like energy harvesting from entities. Are you familiar with that term? Um, no, I would imagine that it has something to do with feeding off of the energy of a human to yeah. acquire power. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, is that what hmm. you you mentioned that some of these 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 demonic entities will try to influence a person to end their lives or just yeah. break down? Um, yes. Are there are there any other goals in mind for these things? Are are they just looking? And feeding off of like fear and and that kind of thing for, um, you know, greater power. Well, I mean, the more you know, the more you, the more you function in it, the 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 more, um, I want to say, excuse me, I want to say powerful it gets, but the more it entrenches in your life. Hmm. So I don't know if it so much gives it more power, but it gives it more more influence in your life and it gives it uh what we'll call like a stronghold to use a military term like you know an enemy goes into a battlefield and he sets up his stronghold in the battlefield right so and yeah. this is what this is what these things do they set up a stronghold in people's lives so the more we engage in these things the more rooted and more um stronger it gets um the, the 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 evil influence gets it takes hold it takes root deeper gotcha. so is that energy harvesting i don't i don't know if that's the same thing hmm. but it it definitely gains more traction in your life the longer we we uh, progress down the road of of whatever it is we're engaging in yeah yeah interesting okay um yeah so you've been able to perceive these kinds of entities are there certain types of people out there uh that that are more able to see these things like um psychics and mediums um and then there's also i i've heard this time and time and again of when we're younger our minds have like a higher sensitivity to you know see the spiritual and see beyond the veil and are these types yeah. of people more susceptible to this this type of um, uh, having to interact with this type of stuff, or is it just really anybody is open game, if you will? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we are in the middle of like this cosmic battle, so everybody is is open game. But what I will say is that children are more susceptible, uh, and the younger you can influence their mind through evil, the more you can distort their um, their, their processes, their ideology, their thinking, their, you know, their, you, you can twist their nature, yeah. um, and confuse them. Um, but the kids are smart, man. I mean, they, they know when, when something's wrong. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, but, uh, but they, they, they are, they are very, very vulnerable. <clears throat> and, you know, and I, I talk about, you know, I talk about them being um, targeted uh, at age zero in the mm. book because gotcha. that's that's how early <laughs> that these demonic forces want to influence uh, the kids uh, at an ever earlier age. Yeah, yeah. And so we see that we see that happening in certain uh, you know in certain um, instances 
uh, today. Um, uh, and now for, for psychics and for, um, and, and for psychic people and palm readers and, and those types of people, are they receiving? Are they seeing? Yes, they are receiving, but they're not receiving by what they think they're receiving from. They believe that they're receiving from uh, from spirit guides. They think that there's they're hearing from you know animal spirits or you know dead loved ones and things of that nature. Um, but, but those are all demonic deception. What they're actually hearing from are from demonic evil forces. They're hearing from evil angels. Um, and so, yes, they are hearing something and they are seeing something, but it's not what they think that they're seeing. Huh. Interesting. Or thought to believe they've been, they've been thought to believe that that's what that is because they're highly deceptive. Like I said before, these function in high level of uh, deceit, deceit and deception. And, um, uh, and that's, so that's why they believe that they're, you know, uh, seeing and hearing, from these other entities when they're actually evil spirits in disguise. Interesting. Interesting. Would there be a way to know whether or not you, you actually could contact a, a good entity or is that do the demonic ent entities kind of have, um, you know, a, a moratorium on earth <laughs> for, for lack of a better, uh, word there. <laughs> Well, these are these are very first thing you have to understand. These are highly, highly sinister beings. Yeah. Um, so there there are no good demons, right? Now, what they do do, um, and this is a very, very uh, highly um, manipulative and deceitful thing, is they they hide their evil behind walls of good. And so you can think that you're going doing a good thing. You can think that you're believing a good ideology. You can think that you're championing in a good cause. Um, and but behind that is actually a, a demonic and sinister forces. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the poison in the apple. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but I guess my my question was really, I guess. Is there, there are, there are good entities out there like angels that haven't fallen. Um, yes, exactly. Yes, right. There are. Um, yes. but if people think they're trying to contact them, it's, it's not really possible or it's just because the, the, the evil entities kind of block that out or, uh, how does that work? I, I believe that there are good angels, uh, sent, uh, on assignment uh, that uh, people do have uh, protective uh, angels. We're not, we're not to worship them. Um, and uh, the Bible, whenever an angel shows up in the Bible and someone falls down at their feet, they say, get up, do not worship me, get up, get up. And so they will not accept worship. Hmm. Satan and these forces, they will accept worship. Ah. Um, and so the, the, the good angels, um, righteous angels, uh, or they're, they're warrior angels. Let me just dispel something. They're not babies with wings. <laughs> these, these are a war culture. These are very, these are very, you know, they're like, they're like Vikings, you know, they're like celestial Vikings. And so, um, cause they, they're, they're a war and culture cause they have, they, they're, they're in battle. Mm -hmm. Right. They're they're still in battle and they're still sent on assignment to battle and they're still sent, um, you know, to to protect 
and to lead and to guide, right? Um, but we're not to worship them. And uh, the Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. And so he's the one we're supposed to be communicating with between uh, him and God. And that's how, that's how we get to God. So uh, why am I going to try to contact an angel when I can go to God? Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That's making some sense now. <laughs> um, what, uh, let's see here. What, um, what do you think about aliens? Is there like a connection between aliens or a connection to like the fae, the fairy realm? Um, you know, I, I've heard theories that people think that they might be uh, demonic. I know that, um, you know, Tom DeLong, um, Blink-182 to the Stars Academy. And he mm -hmm. recently did an interview where he said he, you know, couldn't sleep for three days after finding out some truths about the, the, uh, the UFO phenomena. And there's a lot of chatter about like interdimensionality. And I wonder how that could potentially tie into some of this. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, yes, they are interdimensional, interdimensional beings, um, because I believe that these are, again, uh, another form of uh, demonic masquerade. It's basically the devil and dark forces with a mask on. Um, and if you look at what they do, they're always they're always trying to say um, uh, we're, we're going to give you knowledge or, or wisdom. Well, that goes back to day one in the Garden of Eden. That's how Eve was deceived. Eve was deceived from the knowledge you were going to be like God, knowing good and evil. So the temptation has, in man has always been for knowledge, and they always use the same thing. And these, these entities do the same thing. If you look into it, they're always saying or they're always offering some form of knowledge. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think this and, and, and um, I think the 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 further we go, I believe that we're we're really heading into the last days or we're in the last days. And so what the Bible says is like um, uh, that the last days before the coming of the son of man or before the return of Jesus Christ, it's going to look just like it did in the days of Noah. So in the days of Noah, what was happening there was that there were falling entities, fallen evil spirits mating or having sex with the women and impregnating them and, and um, creating a spawn or a race, um, which was half evil angel and half um, human and this spawned the, the race of giants called the Nephilim. Right. And it was be, so what would the, 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 the similarity is uh, beings coming down, <laughs> beings manifesting themselves. Yeah. Right. So I believe that as we keep progress, as the days progress, we're going to start seeing more and more of this stuff. Uh, we're going to start, we're going to see um, more demonic manifestations. We're going to see more false miracles. We're going to see false Christs and we're going to see um, uh, all kinds of 
very, very strange things uh, as we go further and further into what I believe the last days. Interesting. Yeah. And so for, and my, to answer that, I think also think <clears throat> UFOs are also um, in my opinion, are basically a demonic fireworks show. So it's like they show up, they appear, they just mysteriously appear. And sometimes you can see them like a, like a gauzy, hazy, hazy light, you know, and they, they just speed off. It's just, it's just impossible to do. So to me, these are just, <laughs> it's spiritual stuff is what huh. we're seeing. Okay. But people think or are deceived into thinking or made to think that these are actual, you know, objects from outer space. But to me, it's a demonic masquerade. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, I wanted to, uh, touch on, um, exorcisms for, for a minute. Um, yeah. this is something you talk about in your book, right? A yeah, little well, bit. I, we, well, yeah. I go into it with, um, uh, in chapter two, it's called American demoniac. And that's, uh, that's the story of, uh, the, the maid and the minister, uh, so, right. Yeah, I, I do talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how would you say like uh, movies like um, The Exorcist and and others like it are? Um, do Do you think that those are kind of uh, an accurate representation of what what goes on with with that kind of thing when uh, you know priests are brought in to aid people who are undergoing possession? Yeah, I mean, so, in in some regards, I mean, some yeah. some some things are hokey, but some <laughs> things sure. are are dead on. I mean, they'll, they'll you know start cursing and swearing and you know denying Christ and you know and cursing Christ and you know and anything holy or whatever anything of that nature. So that that is a hallmark of that um, of vileness. They're just you know vile you know just vile creatures, um, uh, and some of the and and some movies actually got it really right. Um, and one of the, one of them was uh, the conjuring in regards to what happens to somebody's face. Uh, and, yeah. and what happens is it, it gets very angular hmm. and because it's almost, it's another face in the face, but that face's structure is protruding through. So you'll see these very angular lines, sharp, sharp, angular lines within somebody's face. And so it's like the conjuring got that right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I haven't in, seen in that the, movie in a while. I'm just trying to bring up right. uh, an image. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The conjuring got that right. Uh, Emily Rose had some very stuff, right. You know, speaking demonic languages and, and things of that nature back, you know, disjointed, you know, kind of, you know, bodily contortions, uh, that kind of stuff is real. Um, and so the movies, they, they get it right in, in, in some regards, but then, it, you know, some stuff is hokey, you know, um, but um, but they, there are some things that, that they do get right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, you know, obviously you don't want to invite this kind of stuff into your life, you know, um, <laughs> no. You you probably want to stay away from Ouija boards or things like that. Uh, you know, I've I've heard stories of people who uh, have had weird 
poltergeist type phenomena happen after they used a Ouija board or, you know, some kind of spirit comes through because there's an opening and they attach to you. Are there, um, you know, uh, any advice, uh, for, for people out there to, to get a leg up on, on, uh, warding these things off from messing with you? Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, um, a lot of people don't, because they're intrigued and they're searching for answers and they're searching for things. So they gravitate um, towards all of this spectrum and that, that could be, you know, Ouija boards, that could be um, palm reading, that could be spiritists, that could be um, necromancing or, you know, conjuring the, the dead or trying to speak to dead relatives. And, uh, and all these brand, all these are things are branches of a tree, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's all rooted in, you know, satanic and demonic um, and, and forces and influence. And so these things actually do open the door for these things to, to invite these things into your life. Um, and if you were to try to get the demon to leave, um, it would say something to the effect that, well, I was invited they they want me here. I was invited. Well, the reason it was invited was because you opened up this thing for it to come for it to come through, and yeah. you allowed it. You allowed it access to your life. Now, did you really invite it and say, "Hey, demon, come in"? No, but you opened up the door to where they say it's an invitation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so. Yeah, because no one probably in their right mind would say, hey, demon, come on into me, right? <laughs> but, and, and so, um, but yeah, so these things are actually, um, you know, they're they're welcomed in by these um, occultic practices and, and occultic um, uh, things of divination and all that stuff. Hmm. Um, and how you ward them off is there. there is no real human means to ward them off. You can't burn sage and, you know, say cute little, you know, little prayers or anything of that nature. The only, the only way to get rid of or to be protected from them is you need someone bigger, badder, and meaner than those entities themselves uh, to drive them away for you. And that is the man, Jesus Christ. Um, he's given such incredible power to his followers that he said, um, I give you power to trample on snakes and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, the enemy being Satan and demonic forces. And when you think about it, it's like this incredible, incredible thing that he handed this supernatural power into frail human beings to overcome and to um, dispel and to uh, basically ward off these highly intelligent, highly powerful demonic forces um just with the just with the name and that in the authority of jesus christ that's how you get rid of them that's it's only in one name it's and it's in his name alone gotcha gotcha wow um so what would you say is the end goal of these entities do they do they want to rule the world um and you know he already does that yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, there's going to come a time um, that uh, there might be a, 
end times, like you said, is yeah. that is that like the time where these things would be uh, wiped out or, you know, what's what's the deal with that? Well, end times would be ruled by the man who 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 was Antichrist. You've heard of the Antichrist, right? Oh, yes. So this yes. Is, yeah. Yeah. So the and the Antichrist is a man who is um, who was influenced by Satan, like full on. He's not walking around like possessed and, you know, with jerking, you know, jerking joints and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. But he's fully animated and fully uh, possessed of 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 Satan. And he's, he's a he's a puppet for evil. And so um, it's going to be the last days are going to be ruled by him. It's a the last days are going to be a one world monetary economic system. Um, and no one's going to be able to buy, sell, or trade without a chip in their hand or in their forehead. Um, and I just watched a news report last week that um, some people were literally doing that. So that's why I, I say that um, either we're we're in the last days or we're on the, the precipice of the last days because it's mathematically impossible for a man from 2,000 years ago to write precisely what was going to happen 2000 years ahead of him by receiving what we call now uh, in the Bible, the mark of the beast. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's mathematically impossible, but he called it. So he, he, he couldn't have called it a microchip because he would, that's why he had to call it a mark because there was no such technology remotely, even in the mind of the, of, that culture right, or for yeah. thousands of years, <laughs> but he was so precise. He called it a mark, right? So you yeah. receive a mark in your hand. So but the, these last days are going to be um, marked by false miracles, um, uh, an antichrist, false Christs working on antichrist behalf. So he has like a, uh, you know, he has like a, a number two player there with him who's doing these false miracles. Um, and it's going to be, uh, pockmarked by a um, pockmarked, hallmarked by a uh, a one world monetary system with a that's that we use but um, within our hands uh, by paying within our hands. Jeez. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, and we're like the we're sound right of that. there. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, because Eesh. like you're either going to be coerced to do it, right? Because think about it, um, people are going to easily take the mark of the beast, right? And then now. I don't know if they're going to come out and advertise it as the mark of the beast, but the, what it's going to be is it's going to be toted as something good. Remember the poison in the apple? Right. Yeah. All right, this, of course. this is the poison in the, <laughs> this is, this is the poison in the apple yeah, because, because yeah. it's, it's going to be good. It's going to have all of your information right there. Right. Um, oh, no one's going to be able to steal it uh, from you. Oh, and now, and that's good. Oh, you're not gonna. You, so uh, your your banking information now it's you. you it's not going to get stolen, um, and and now you can. You don't need keys anymore, so that's a good thing. And um, so and now you can't, but you can't work without it now. So right. then now what are you gonna do? Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you you can't eat now without it. Yeah. Now what are you gonna do? You get cornered. <laughs> and that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm. And it says no man great or small go is without it. Interesting. 
Interesting. And so, yes, yeah, so we're starting to see it because the technology is right on that horizon. Just do like a little bit of research. You'll see that there are people out there already um, using it. And uh, Sweden started doing it um, years ago uh, with just kind of getting into the office and stuff. But it was, you know, it's kind of a precursor to where things would would come to to now. Um, and they started doing it years ago. And when I when I said when they started putting in the tracker stuff in in the pets, and I said this is this is the this is the precursor to the to the market. And they're like, oh, you're crazy. Uh, no, they're just they're just doing it for the pets, hmm. right? It's always just. It's always just as a minimizing word, right? Yeah, <laughs> to, to mask greater evils. And so you know, I said, all right, come talk to me in 10, 15 years. <laughs> We'll see and where, so, but yeah. yeah, so I, I do, I do think that we're, we're, uh, whether we're in it or on the precipice of it, uh, the fact of the matter is that there's people with a mark in their hand. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, you, you can't, can't deny that. Uh, and I've certainly seen articles of, of people putting microchips in, in their body, you know, I, right. <laughs> not right. my, not my thing, man. I, I, I no, <laughs> don't no. want to do it. No, uh, if you get, if you, if you start getting, you know, if you start getting hungry, <laughs> you know, yeah, this yeah, is how it gets, this is how it gets done, man. It's, and I do, I, I think COVID was a soft, a soft launch. Uh-huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll, um, it's going to be an interesting world these next couple of years, I'm sure. Yes, it um, is. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're at the top of the hour here, MR. Um, can you, uh, let my audience know where they can, they can find you? You can find me at, uh, on Instagram at m.r.gorga and on uh, Facebook at mrgorga. And you can find uh, you can find my book, Demons Among Us: Shocking Real Life Stories from the Paranormal. Uh, you can get it on Amazon and Kindle and paperback versions. And I'll have the audiobook version hopefully soon. I don't have the exact date because it keeps getting pushed, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but that's coming. I will have an audiobook uh, soon, and uh, also available on other platforms. And so. But for right now, it's exclusively on, exclusively on Amazon and uh, get yourself a copy. You will not be disappointed. All right. Great. Well, thank you again, MR, for coming on the show and uh, we'll chat with you all next time. Thanks. All right. Thanks again to MR Gorga for coming onto the show. And I'll throw links in the show notes as always for all of you all to check out his work. It was definitely a very interesting chat and I'll leave it up to you to decide. Could there really be demonic forces at work out there or maybe not even demonic, maybe negative entities of some sort from another plane, uh, some kind of interdimensional beings that exist in tandem with our dimension that can sometimes cross over. Uh, clearly, M.R. Gorga uh, is uh, of the opinion that, you know, uh, there's there's some religious uh, stuff connected with all of this, but who knows? I'm certainly 
no theologian or expert in the, in the subject, but it's certainly uh, something to think about. As always, this show wouldn't be possible without the support of listeners like you. Anytime you download the show, share it with friends and family, it helps out the show so much and it inspires me and drives me to always bring you the best content, the most interesting stuff that I can. I love getting into all of these topics on high strangeness and cryptids and the paranormal and UFOs. It's, of course, always something that I've been interested in and We're only just getting started. There's so much more to talk about. So stay tuned and uh, keep on listening. I mentioned my Patreon at the start of the show. So the other way that you can support the Strangeology podcast and what I'm doing here is to head on over to my merch store, which is an Etsy shop at strangeology.etsy.com, where you can find a plethora of cryptid, alien, and otherwise Fordian designs. And I'm always adding new designs and throwing them up on the shop. We're just about to get into the holiday season, so I'm hoping to have some time to get some new designs in there. I'm working on some new enamel pins to expand that collection of merch, uh, which is super fun, of course. And I'm also planning on expanding the shop aspect of Strangeology into its own website separate from Etsy as well. So that's going to be a project in the background that hopefully I'll have live before the end of the year. So stay tuned on that. If you haven't been to my Etsy shop before, though, uh, it's got a ton of listings. There's cryptids of the Homestate Cryptid Collection, which has all 50 states from the U.S., Uh, There's actually 60 designs there because several states have multiple cryptids like West Virginia, California, Texas, uh, and I plan on doing some additional ones in the future, of course, uh, but I think first I need to do some uh, whole country collections. Uh, I do have a Nessie design for Scotland, so I might as well uh, do some some other stuff for the UK. (laughs) And you can get these designs on t-shirts, hoodies, sweaters, tank tops, stickers, magnets, posters, pins, all sorts of stuff. Uh, Of course, I also have my Homestate Cryptids map, which people are digging a lot. I uh, sold a bunch of those at uh, the uh, Sasquatch Calling Festival this past weekend, but they are available up on the shop as well. And again, that is strangeology.etsy.com. Your support is always appreciated. And don't forget to check out my website, strangeology.com. You can sign up for my newsletter and also check out the blog as well. I'm hoping to get some new articles up there soon. And if you'd like to have your ads on the Strangeology podcast and want to talk about sponsorships, please submit all business inquiries to info at strangeology.com. Okay, that's it from me for now. For Patreon members, make sure to stick around after this short break. MR Gorga agreed to stay on for a few more minutes to share some truly 
terrifying and bizarre encounter stories of his own. So as I always say, until next time, take care of yourselves and each other and keep it strange. All right, welcome back to Strangeology Beyond for all you members out there. Uh, this has been a really uh, engaging and interesting, insightful conversation. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.